Good evening, y'all. This is Brother J.W. Brand with God's Whole Word. And it's so good to be back with y'all this Tuesday. And uh, last week we talked about uh, Are You the Devil's Dinner? And we've got part two to go on today with that word. And so without uh, further ado, we're going to go into... Uh, the presence of the Lord and pray before we get in his word. Dear Lord, we thank you, God, for your word. We thank you for your truth. And we ask you, Lord, to lead and guide us and direct us on the way as we move through the word of truth. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. And so uh, I want to read First Peter chapter 5 and verse 8. And the word says, Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary the devil as a roaring lion walketh about seeking whom he may devour now what that word is telling us is that there are those that the devil can eat up there are those that the devil can have us for dinner if we're not ready to meet that adversary in a proper way and you say, well, what do you mean, meet the adversary? Well, sometimes we're going to get into a tussle. You know, the Bible says we wrestle uh, not against flesh and blood, but we wrestle against principalities and powers. And so sometimes uh, there's a battle and there's a struggle. Well, there's always a battle and a struggle, but sometimes it becomes even more intense than other times. But the Bible says to be sober, and we talked about that last week, and we went into that, being vigilant, We've got to be awake, folks. We've got to be aware of our surroundings. We've got to stay sober. And there are so many things in this world right now uh, that we could look at uh, that could keep us from being less than sober. Now, last week we talked a little bit about uh, alcohol and the effects of that. And there are so many other things that can cause us to be less than sober. I know that, um, you, know, you know, there's actually... Uh, proof now they've done some studies now that we've all got most all of us have got phones now and uh, there are uh, situations that have come up to where medical coders now I don't know if you know what that that is but the person who codes the medical claims that come through and they've got certain codes that they go by and they've actually had to create codes uh, that go along with some of the newer things that's happening in the world that even have to do with our phones. Uh, and I'm talking about the cell phones. And you know, I remember one day I was standing, uh, not standing, but I was actually parked, or stopped rather, not parked, but stopped uh, at a light. Well, I was parked, but y'all know what I mean. And uh, I looked over and there was people standing there. They were standing there and there was probably about a half a dozen people standing there at this one corner uh, in the crosswalk waiting for the light to change and I as I looked over every single person every one of them had their head down and they were looking at their phone everybody had a phone and everybody was looking down and it was a sight to see it was like oh, wow this is amazing and if they didn't have the little jingle that goes on some of these posts now you know when you're standing there uh, and in the crosswalk, they have it where it'll make a sound now for people that are blind that cannot see that it's changed. And they uh, put this uh, sound on so the person knows that they can go ahead and walk uh, 
start walking through. Well, I'll tell you, these folks with these cell phones that were standing there, if it hadn't have been for that ding going on uh, on that post to let them know it was time the light had changed for them, they could go on ahead and walk across, they wouldn't have known if they hadn't heard that sound. And they would have just stood there and continued on that phone. Everybody had their head down. And I sat there and I watched in amazement. They kept their head down the whole entire time. The whole entire time. A car could have been rushing through and they wouldn't have been able to know you got to get out of the way. They weren't paying attention to anything around them. And so folks, yes, many things can cause us to be less than sober. We can even allow people to cause us to be less than sober. We can get so wrapped up with certain folks and they throw us off of what we are supposed to be focused on. Now, this podcast is certainly geared towards those that are walking with the Lord and trying to encourage y'all. And I really I really do hope and pray that I'm an encouragement to somebody. I know some folk will get frustrated and irritated with some of the things I say and some of the word we bring up. But we're here to get the whole word of God out. God's whole word. Amen. But, uh, you know... We want to be vigilant. We want to be sober. We want to pay attention to our surroundings. We want to be aware of what's going on. And the Bible says uh, that uh, with this word that we've read, that the devil is going about to seek whom he may devour. That means there are folks that can be devoured. And you know, the devil, he certainly has already got a lot of folks in his corner. There's some people, they don't even realize they're in the corner of the devil. There are a lot of folks that don't even realize you're already in the corner of the devil. You don't even know it, but you are. And some people say, well, I don't worship the devil. I don't, I don't do this and that, and I don't stand for the devil. Well, if you don't stand for Jesus Christ and obey him and listen to him and love him, the Bible says, the Lord said, if you love me, keep my commandments. That's what he said. And so... You know, if we're not standing in the corner of Jesus Christ, there's only one other side, folks. There's only two sides to this battle. And it is Satan battling against God's people. And uh, it's called a wrestle. It's a wrestle. And, and it's, it's uh, you know, it's, it's like a wrestling match. And what it is is that uh, there's a battle. There's a wrestling going on, a wrestling match going on. And we are trying to take our opponent down. But I'll tell you what. Even though we are trying to take down our opponent and not getting ourselves wrapped up with the enemy and what he's got, uh, you know, planned. You don't think the devil don't got plans? I'll tell you what, he's planning things out and trying to get us wrapped up in his things and in all of those things that would stand against God. But you know, the devil, he watches. He certainly does. This is the reason why it says he's seeking whom he may devour because he's watching. He's watching us to see where we stand. And friend, I'm going to tell you, if you claim to follow the Lord Jesus Christ, you're a trophy for the slewfoot devil. That's right. He wants us to be a trophy of his. But we ought not be a trophy for him. We ought not allow ourselves to get in a position of being a trophy for the devil. We ought not allow him to come along and eat us up for dinner. And so... The Bible says he goes about seeking whom he may devour. Now, so the question is, who are we that end up getting devoured? You say, well, you know, the devil's got the world and all of that and and those that don't serve the Lord. You better believe he does. But he's going about seeking whom he may devour. 
And friend, if he could get somebody like uh, someone that serves the Lord, like myself and other folks, many, many folks that I know that have a mind to want to serve the Lord, to want to honor Him and please Him and serve Him with all of their heart. Now, I don't claim to be perfect because I'll tell you what I'm not. But I certainly got a mind to want to serve the Lord. I want to please Him. And I'll tell you, that is what the devil don't want. He don't want us to please Him. He don't want us to please God. He wants us to turn from the living Lord and become a prey so that he can have us for dinner. Now, moving on, there are those that think that as long as I just follow the Lord, as long as I just call on the name of Jesus and claim that I'm a Christian, everything's going to be fine. But that's not what Jesus said himself. Jesus said that there's going to come a day when people are going to say, well, we did this in your name, and we did that in your name. We cast out devils in your name, and we, uh, you know, all these different things that people say that they did in his name. Now, some people say, well, you know, that's just a certain group. No, this is a group of people that used the name of Jesus, that believed in the Lord, as far as knowing that they could cast out devils with his name. So don't tell me that they didn't know the Lord. Sure, they did. But you know what the Lord said? He said, I'm going to tell them I don't know them. And Jesus told why he said he was going to say that. He don't leave us empty and, and, and like sitting there going, well, what do you mean, Jesus? What do you mean? And then never tell us. No, he told us. He said it was because of their iniquity. You know what the word iniquity means? It means sin. And so if we are not willing to repent which means to turn from our wicked ways and we continue to call on the name of Jesus and yet we've not repented of our sins. I want to tell you something what the Bible says. You know the Bible says that he gives the Holy Ghost to those that obey him. If you've not been baptized with the Holy Ghost, my question is, have you repented fully? You know, some folks, they don't know that the apostles, they actually had met up with some folks and they met some people along the way and they said, have you received the Holy Ghost since you believed? Because some folks have got this idea that they just automatically, just like that, automatically you receive the Spirit just because you believe. The Bible don't teach that. Because the apostles were saying to them when they met them along the way and they were believers, they said, have you received the Holy Ghost since you believed? Now the apostles asked that because it was a question that needed to be answered. And they said, well, we haven't even heard of that yet. And they began to speak to them and talk to them and, and, and really, in essence, preaching to them. And they received the Holy Ghost just as they did on the day of Pentecost. Now, my question is, though, are we going to be the devil's dinner? Are we going to be a prey for the enemy? Last week, we talked about what devour means. Devour means to gulp down entirely, to drink down or to swallow up like a drunk person. And to be sober means to be watchful, but it also meant to abstain from wine. Those words are there. And a lot of Christians, or people who claim to be Christian, they will sit there and say, oh, it's all right, everything's fine. You know, it don't hurt to, uh, you know, participate in this once in a while. We, you know, we have a beer or two, or we do this, or we have a glass of wine, or we do this, that, and the other. Now, some people will immediately jump on that, and they'll say, well, you know, the Apostle Paul told Timothy, uh, you know, 
that he could have a little uh, wine for his stomach's sake. Now, if you listen to that closely enough, you'll understand that it was not uh, for a matter of uh, enjoying a glass of wine at dinner. It was simply as a matter of medicinal purposes. But a lot of people don't want to hear that. They don't want to listen to that, and they'll take on whatever they want. And then they go right on with Jesus. Well, Jesus turned water into wine. Do you know the scripture? It talks about wine even on the vine, the grape itself. And so we're going to talk about that another time, and we're going to go into uh, much of the word about those things at another time. But I just wanted to kind of touch on that for a moment because we did speak about that. But, you know, when a person is drunk, and I, I want to mention this because last week I did talk about this, and some people say, well, why in the world would you tell somebody, why would you even go on a podcast and speak about uh, a, a time in your life when you backslid and you were drunk? Well, I'm going to tell you something. Do you think that you're perfect? Do you think that you uh, have somehow uh, come so far that you would never backslide? I'll tell you, you've got to be careful. We all have to be very careful with that because, uh, you know, the Bible talks about us lifting up those gently that have fallen and be careful for ourselves and how we look at them and how we judge them in their situation because uh, who knows what could befall us. And so we've always got to be very careful uh, how we deal with people and how we talk to people. But I'll tell you, uh, especially, you know, when they have fallen into sin. But uh, I am not going to shy away from talking about the fact that I had backslid. I'm not going to shy away from the fact that I not only backslid, but I backslid more than once. And some people will say, well, I, I, you know, some even some ministers that will say, you know, that's too much familiarity and people are not going to hold a respectful uh, mind to you and listen or whatever. Well, I understand that may be the case for some folks. I do understand that. But what I want you to know is that there are some people that struggle with things and they deal with things and they need to know that people that are speaking to them and talking to them about the word, that they're not these persons that think they are perfect, that they have had their own struggles and their own battles and their own things that they deal with. And because of that, I did mention that because I wanted to uh, let people know that at that point in my life, I spent probably a le little less than a year that I went off on this road of, of drinking. And I'd never done it before. I had spent years and years, uh, you know, from the time I was born until I was an adult, never had alcohol. And... Uh, because I got my eye on other things and uh, my mind was not where it needed to be and I was not being prayerful and one thing led to another and I backslid. And you're in that uh, backslidden state, I'll tell you, when you decide to turn from where you are and walking with the Lord and serving the Lord with all of your heart and you make a turn like that, the devil is waiting for you. And there was certain ones, and a specific one, I would say, I'm not going to mention a name, but uh, encouraging me, hey, let's go to the bar, let's drink, and this, that, and the other. And one thing led to another, and I did. And I mentioned that on this last podcast. But I mentioned that because I was talking about the state of being drunk. And I certainly, it was a, really a very scary moment for me because I remember after I finally was able to make it back home, and it was a shameful thing for me to drive. I shouldn't have never done that. Uh, but this, I want to say, was it was many years ago. It was actually uh, close to about well over 25 years ago. And uh, 
I remember when I finally was able to get home and I was driving so slow because I could not see well. I just could not focus on what was in front of me and I was so afraid I was going to hit another car and it scared me so I stayed off as close to the far right side of the road as I could and it was late and any time that I saw lights coming towards me I'm a slow way down and you say well were you were you really drunk oh yeah I was very very drunk and uh, I tell you I couldn't focus on what was around me I couldn't really tell I could have hit a car off to the side as close as I was driving or somebody I could have uh, you know hit somebody and you know the point is that when you are not sober you cannot think straight. You cannot focus on things like you need to. You cannot look at things in a proper way. You are not able to evaluate things in a proper manner and make good decisions when you are not sober. That was my point in talking about those things. And so the same goes for us when we are not sober with other things. There's other things in this world that can cause us to lose our sobriety. And I talked about the phone. I've talked about how I saw these people. And they were certainly not mindful of the fact that the light had changed. Because certainly, uh, if it hadn't have been for that beep going on, they would not have noticed it. Because they were so focused on their phone. Now, the other thing is, uh, I was talking about for a moment ago, about the fact that they've had to create codes for medical coders. They've had to create codes that uh, would relate to people uh, that may have gotten hurt in the course of using a phone, but not being uh, totally focused on what was happening, and this caused either an accident or whatever. And I don't know all the ins and outs of all that. I'm not a coder myself. I just happen to uh, know one and happen to know that there are things uh, that have been done in this manner to take care of uh, those type of things. So whenever a doctor writes up a report, you know, somebody getting an accident uh, because they've been on their phone. You know how many people you see? Now, I'm going to mention Houston because that's the area where with I live near. And uh, I've been down even the freeway. I'm going to tell you, even the freeway, where I'm going down the freeway and I'm, I'm moving, trying to stay with the speed limit as what it is, and people just flying by. And you know some of those folks that be flying by, do you know some of them are even glancing down on their phone and looking back up and glancing down on the phone? And when I see that, when I've seen that pass me by, I start slowing down even more and it irritate people behind me. I slow down a little bit more because I'm thinking, if they crash up ahead, I've got to have enough time to stop because i got an idea in my mind. They just might end up crashing because many many crashes many many automobiles have happened because people be on their phone and I've seen it time and time and time again and you know I'm not here to you know uh, correct you or whatever because I ain't your I ain't your daddy I ain't here to say get off that phone and behave yourself but you do need to get off the phone if you're driving but uh, but the thing that is I'm making that point because there have been many accidents that have happened because of people glancing down on their phone. And, uh, you know, when I first got a cell phone, many, many years ago, and I had a flip phone for a long time, and I, uh, a long time before I got one of them smartphones, and I had a flip phone, and I remember I was running late, and, I, and, and my phone rang, and I was, I was going down the road, and my phone rang, and I happened to pick it up, and I looked down at it, and just that little glimpse of looking down, and I looked back up, and I was veering off the road, and it scared the daylights out of me. And so I put my phone down, and I said, I can't do this. And now I understand. I said to myself, now I understand what they're talking about. 
You know, and so uh, things can cause us to lose our sobriety. But you know, the most important thing for a child of the living God is, are you sober spiritually? Are you spiritually sober? Because if you are not spiritually sober, uh, just like uh, the sobriety, the literal sobriety that we need to have so that we don't cause an accident or get hurt or whatever the case is, there is a spiritual sobriety that we need down in our soul in order not to be the devil's dinner because he seeks whom he may devour. And there's folks out there that can be devoured. Now, are you spiritually sober? You say, well, sure enough, I am. I believe in Jesus. Well, Jesus, uh, to Jesus, that doesn't mean the same thing it might mean to you because he said with sin in our life, he said iniquity would cause him to say, I don't know you. And so uh, sin itself, that's what iniquity means. Sin itself can cause us to lose our spiritual sobriety because sin, it begins to wear us down. It wears us down and we're not able to think properly. Now, I, I, I want to say this because we're talking about this and I want to try to finish this up tonight uh, about being the devil's dinner and I want to go on to something else next week. But there are so many different things that we can look at and apply this to, spiritually speaking. Now, one of those things is, and I would like to turn to the book of, of uh, Jude, and that is this little little book. It's only one one chapter. There's not any other chapters. one chapter. But you're mindful uh, to, to do something for yourself in a spiritual manner that helps you to grow. And so let's read this and see what it says. All right? It says... Jude, and of course there's only one chapter, and verses 20. It says, But ye, beloved, building up yourselves on your most holy faith, how? Praying in the Holy Ghost. Praying in the Holy Ghost. And this is how we build ourselves up. This is how we build up our faith is what's saying. So my question is, are we doing that? Are we praying in the Holy Ghost? Are we allowing ourselves that time even with the Lord at all? You know, a lot of people, they will say to me, or have over the years, uh, you know, when certain things are going on and there's certain uh, problems going on, and my, my question and my thought is, uh, are, are you spending time in prayer? Because you can see certain things that certain people are dealing with, and, and then you ask them, where's your prayer life what what are you doing are you uh, did you take this to the lord and a lot of times the people are so busy looking at the outer things the outer exterior things and well this uh, person did this or this person said that or and it can just keep going but the question is again have you prayed have you spent time in prayer because you know we can't be spiritually sober folks if we don't pray there's no way we can be spiritually sober if we don't pray. And we are going to end up being uh, that prey that the enemy is looking for. When I say pray that the enemy is looking for, I'm talking about P-R-E-Y. I'm talking about being a prey for the devil where he's seeking like a lion. That's what the Bible says. It says he seeks like a lion in first. Peter chapter 5 and verse 8. It's like a lion that goes about seeking. Well, let's listen to that for a moment. Because the lion, you know what the lion does? The lion goes out and, 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 and if the animals that are nearby 
they notice that there's a, a lion coming up or, or tiger or whatever it is. And they're getting ready to pounce. There's, uh, you know, senses in their ears that, uh, you know, magnify those things. And they know that there's something in the bushes and they can hear those sounds. And so they take off running. And, and possibly the whole group of these animals begin to run because they all know we're in danger. We got to go. We got to get moving. We got to run. And, and then you've got the stragglers. You've got the stragglers. The ones that may be weak, that are kind of uh, falling behind and they're not able to keep up. Do you know that if we don't pray, if we don't keep a consistent prayer life, we're going to fall behind and Satan's going to see it. We have got to make sure that we keep our mind uh, sober through prayer. You know, the Bible talks about in Ephesians chapter 6, it talks about uh, the armor that we wear and uh, I, I want to go to that for a moment and in Ephesians chapter 6 verses 10 we'll start with that it says finally my brethren be strong in the Lord and put uh, and in the power of his might we've got to understand that this battle that we fight we cannot at all think that we can fight this on our own we've got to fight this fight uh, it's a spiritual battle, but we've got to let God do the fight. We're going to be wrestling back and forth, certainly. But God is the one in charge here, and we've got to lean on His might. We've got to lean on His power. And so then in verse 11, it says, Put on the whole armor of God, pay attention, that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. So what that is telling us, folks, is that we can't leave any of the armor off. We've got to put on the whole entire armor of God. <coughs> excuse me. That we may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. Or the tricks of the devil. You see the devil, and there's other words too that we can use. But that's one of the uh, words we can use. But they're tricks. There's, there's planned out tricks that Satan has. But if we put on the whole armor of God, this is what helps us to stand against those things because the enemy is not going to stop. He's going to continue to come towards us. He's going to continue to try to take us down. But we've got to have our armor on and we've got to have the whole armor on. So it says to have the whole armor on. Now verse 12. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers. Principalities. Don't you know Satan is not stupid he's got his army and he's got them in order where do you think he learned that from where do you think he learned that because principalities it literally means that there's levels of of uh, all this demonic power and they each have their own levels and their positions and they've got their places and all of that and so it is not something that's haphazardly done that satan does because he learned that from god himself because he was an angel in heaven the devil was at one time, but he fell, and he fell because of pride. He fell because of pride. And he took a third of the angels, is what the word of the, God, uh, word of the Lord tells us. Now it says we wrestle not against flesh and blood. This is not a physical fight. This is a spiritual fight. And we are wrestling against principalities, those powers, and against the rulers of the darkness of this world. There are rulers of darkness in this world, folks. And, and for us to think that we are uh, just, uh, you know, some people, they look at us Christians and we talk like that and they'll say, oh, you, you live in a fantasy world. 
Well, no, actually, it's not us that live in a fantasy world. We know what the real world is. We understand that there really is principalities and powers. There really is spiritual rulers of darkness that we fight against, and we have to have the whole armor on of God, or we're going to be the devil's dinner. Now, it says uh, we... Uh, it says we wrestle, and, and that word wrestle, it means we are up against an opponent, and we're trying to take down our opponent and, and, and move our opponent out of our way, and the devil's trying to do the same thing because he's an opponent to us. If you're a child of the living God, you are in opposition to Satan, and he don't like you. And he certainly don't like me telling you this either because if you're new in the Lord and you just started listening, I'm going to tell you what. When you became a Christian, the one thing that you did is you entered into the army of the Lord is what you did. And this is what we've got. We have armor that we need to wear. And we've got to put on the whole armor of God. You can't, God, you can't leave any of the armor off because it says you've got to put on the whole armor of God that we may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. If you don't have the whole armor of God on, you're not going to be able to stand against what the devil's going to plan. Now, Let's look at verse 13. Wherefore take unto you the whole armor of God. There it is again. And when you see something in the word done two or three times, the Bible says let everything uh, be established by uh, two or three words. And so here it is again. Wherefore take on the whole armor of God. Don't leave anything out. That you may be able to stand, withstand in the evil day having done all to stand. So this is something that we need to understand. That when you are walking with the Lord and you're serving the Lord, you put on your armor. God's going to be fighting, but it's a wrestling match for us. It certainly is, and we see that because we wrestle against uh, these powers and these principalities, and, and so we put on the whole armor. That's what we do, and then we stand there. Why do we stand? Because God is going to fight for us. But we stand there, and that armor protects us. Amen, spiritually. So verse 14 now, it says, stand therefore having your loins girt about with truth. You cannot have anything but truth, your loins girt about with truth. Let me say something to you about the loins being girt. This is like a belted area. You've got this belt. That's what girded your loins about. There's a belt there to hold, basically, hold up your pants so your pants don't fall down. Y'all know what I mean? Or whatever else you got. Uh, you know, if the women had all something, they have to gird up to keep things from falling off. Well, we gird up our loins, but how do we do that? We gird it up with truth. We are going to allow ourselves to be girt with truth. We are going to allow ourselves to be wrapped around. It is a tightly fit belt around us that we've got truth, and we've got to stand there. That is part of our armor. You can't have half a truth. You can't have part of the truth. No, you've got to have the whole truth. And so we hear uh, God's whole word wanting to give you the whole truth. And, and I'm sure there are many others out there that also will give you the whole truth. But don't compromise. The devil wants us to compromise. That is one of the things that is going to cause us to be the devil's dinner because he seeks whom he may devour. And I'm going to tell you what, he's going to be able to devour those that are going to compromise the word of God. We do not want to compromise the word of God and nor do we want to leave out any of this armor that we've got to put on. And so we gird our loins about with truth, having our breastplate, having on the breastplate of righteousness. What does the breastplate of righteousness do? What is the breastplate? It covers the heart and the innards and all those things. You don't want the devil to 
spear, uh, send a, a pierce. Uh, piercing arrow into your heart or in uh, to your gut or anything else it, it's going to be around those areas that's what the breastplate does it protects those areas especially the heart you know what the bible talks about when it translates the word heart it means your feelings and your thoughts and the intents thereof your feelings and thoughts and the intents thereof you know the devil wants to see what you're made of are you really uh, geared and got your mind made up that you're going to serve the Lord? Or do you have your foot halfway in the world and halfway in the church? And you, uh, well, I don't even want to say the church. I, I'm talking about the living God and his word. Uh, do you have your foot halfway in the world? And you playing around and you playing footsies with the world with one foot. And you got another foot over here on the other side. And you're trying to play the religious game. Because hmm? that's all it is. You don't have your mind made up to live for God if you've got your foot playing around with the world. You've got to let go of it. Even, uh, you know, a lot of people say, well, that's the Old Testament, the Old Testament, the Old Testament. You know, come out from among them, be ye separate. I got news for you. That's even spoken in the book of Corinthians. If you don't believe me, go look it up. And I'm not even going to give you the chapter and verse because I want you to get in the Bible and start studying. Get a King James Version and get to busy looking up the Word of God. And if you will do that, I'm sure you want to come on here sometime. We're going to be talking about that. But certainly, even in the New Testament, it talks about coming out from among and being separate, saith the Lord. We've got to be different than the world. So we've got to have truth uh, that wraps around our heart, the intents and thoughts of our heart and our mind, what we think about. It's got to be that we've got righteousness down in there. And what that means is walking in a right manner. What does God call righteous? You say, well, uh, you know, I walk in Jesus Christ. Well, that's all fine and well. But do you listen to the word of God? Because if you do, or if you don't, then where are you getting your righteousness from? Who's, who's telling you or dictating to you what the righteousness of God is? The only way that we can know what the righteousness of God is, is by getting in the word and finding out what God says is right. If we go uh, off in some other direction and we decide, well, we're going to listen to this person and this person got, got a word and it sounds right, or maybe this person over here on this side, they got a word and it sounds right. Oh, no, that don't matter. None of that matters. None of that matters at all. Because if you don't want to be the devil's dinner, you're going to have to make up your mind that the word of God is what gives you uh, what is right. The word of God tells you what is righteous and what is not righteous. So we've got to get in the word and find out what that is. And it's got to be the breastplate that we put on to protect our heart, our emotions and our thoughts and the intents thereof, whether they're going to be righteous or not. Verse 15 says, and your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. We've got to be able to walk in peace with folks. You know, the Bible talks about to follow peace and holiness. And without these, we're not going to see God. It actually tells you that you've got to walk in peace. You've got to walk in peace with all people. And, and you know how many people, they claim to be Christian, and all they want to do is fight and argue and just go on instead of living in peace and uh, following the way of peace. But our feet, that means we've got to walk in peace. Wherever you go, don't you take your feet with you when you walk somewhere? You know you do. Now, I'm not making no slam against anybody or trying to hurt nobody's feelings it that are not able to walk. I'm not that type of person, and uh, I, I don't mean that in any way. But when I talk about these things, I'm talking about them in the spiritual sense. 
because some people are not able to walk. Some people are wheelchair bound. Some people, uh, you know, I used to work for uh, disabled and, and elderly in their home, and some of them just literally could not walk. And so uh, I'm not trying to hurt nobody. I'm not in saying those things, but I'm just simply telling you, we've got to be able to walk spiritually in peace. We've got to be able to walk peacefully. And when you say that you're a Christian and you're a mean old little codger and you just, uh, you know, uh, you, you got mean things to say and hateful things to say and you never have a peaceful word to say, you're going to have to do what the Bible says and build up your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost. you got to get down and get to busy praying to the Lord and allow God to, to uh, do a work in your life. And certainly I've had the Lord to deal with me on those things as well. Now, it says in verse 16, Above all, taking the shield of faith, wherewith you shall be able to quench the fiery darts of the wicked. That means the devil is going to do exactly that. He is going to be shooting spiritually uh, effective fiery darts. They are spiritually effective. But if you've got the shield of faith, and that is that thing, if you've ever seen uh, an, uh, one in an armor, have you ever seen that? And there's a shield out there. They hold it, and, and it's a big, huge thing. It covers a large portion of it. And they're able to move that thing out when they would fight. Uh, you know, you see them in some of these medieval uh, uh, type of things, you know, movies and, and stories and different things like that. And they put that shield out there, and that shield, uh, those fiery darts come in. Why does the devil use fiery darts? Because he doesn't want to just penetrate. He wants to burn you all the way through. And so we've got to have this armor on. And so we've got to have the shield of faith. What does it mean? Having faith in God. What are we going to do with that? What does the Bible say in Jude 19 and 20? Building up your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost. And so, again, folks, we need the baptism of the Holy Ghost. We need to be filled with the Holy Ghost. We need that Holy Ghost uh, to uh, be able to pray in the Holy Ghost. So I encourage you uh, to... Uh, Make yourself available that the Lord could fill you with the Holy Ghost. And then it says in verse 17, And take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. So you got the helmet. Why is the helmet of salvation the helmet of salvation? Because the helmet covers the mind, the thoughts. And the word salvation is placed there for that helmet. What does that mean? That means you've got to have it in your mind covered completely in your mind because that's what the helmet does it covers the mind that's where the brain's at and you've got to have it covering in your mind that you are saved you know the devil wants to tell you you're not saved after you get saved he does that to almost everybody but you're going to have to have the faith of the lord let all of this armor be there and say no i'm going to fight I'm going to stand here, I'm going to wrestle, and I'm going to win because God's going to do my fighting because I've got the armor on. And so, now, we've got the helmet of salvation, then the sword of the Spirit. Don't you know that's what the devil uh, did? He took the Lord, and the Bible says that, and he's out in the wilderness. And, and when the devil began to tempt the Lord, he began to tempt the Lord. And you know what the devil, the devil didn't expect the Lord to do? He was going to use the word of God against the devil. You know, the devil said, hey, I know you're hungry. Won't you turn these stones into bread? You know what the Lord said? Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. So we can't leave any of the word out. The word is our sword. It's our sword. We've got to get busy studying this word so we know it. Don't listen to no preacher that tells you, uh, oh, you don't have to study now. Don't listen to those preachers that say you got to study. And you know. No, you need to study. 
You need to study to show yourself approved unto God. You got to know how to rightly divide this word. You got to know how to uh, get in the word and 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 know where things are. Now you might say, well. I don't get all the these and the thous. I get that. That's why you've got all these different folks that have been called by the Lord, and we we are grateful. Uh, most of us, I believe, are grateful uh, for the opportunity to be able to help people and navigate through the Word of God and study in the Word of God. And uh, we want to be here to help you through and encourage you to serve the Lord. And so what I'm trying to do is I'm trying to get you uh, uh, some strength, some spiritual strength, and tell you you got to get to praying in the Holy Ghost because the devil, when he gets to roaring like a lion, and you, you know, and you've got your armor on, you can stand there and not worry about that devil getting you and eating you up for dinner. Now, some people say, well, that's just crazy talk. No, that's the Word of God. We believe in uh, the whole Word of God and God's whole Word. That's why we call it God's whole Word. The Bible says that he goes about seeking whom he may devour, and it means exactly what it says. He's going to eat you up spiritually. And why does he want to do that? Because he wants to take you out. He wants to take me out. He wants to take us all out. The Bible says that he comes to steal, kill, and destroy, but Jesus come that he might give us life and that more abundantly. And God gives us everything that we need. In the book of Peter, he talks about that everything that we need for this life and godliness, whatever pertains to this life and godliness, the Lord has for us. And certainly he does. But we've got to get into the word and find out what it is. And so uh, it tells us that we've got to take on the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. It'll let you to know that. And then in verse 18, it says, praying always with prayer. Now, some people don't realize this is part of the armor. This is one of the greatest part of the armor too. Praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit. That's a capital X. It's talking about in the Spirit of God. Watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for all saints. So we've got to realize that if we're going to stay out of the devil's hand and not be a prey for his dinner, uh, then we're going to have to realize we've got to get some prayer done. Now, I want to end this with asking you, how much time do you spend in prayer? How much time do you honestly spend in prayer? Let me ask you this. Would you be able to really add up how much time you spend on the phone? And I'm not talking about phone for your job. If you've got to have your phone for your job, I get all that. Don't we? We're not talking about that because, you know, we all have to work. The Bible says, you know, the apostle said, if we don't work, we don't eat. So, you know, and we realize that there's some of those that are not able to work. We're not talking about that neither. And you say, well, why do you keep adding on those things? Because people make comments and they say things. And, and, and then you, you have to say, look, all the word of God, everything that we need is there. So I throw in those little tidbits for your extra help. That way, if you come back to me, I'm going to say, don't you know the word says this? Because the word is going to give us whatever we need. Now, so I'm going to get back to what my question is. And certainly this is a question I had to ask myself. And I had to allow the Holy Ghost to deal with me. Don't you know that the devil certainly, he does not want us in any way, shape, or form to give ourselves wholly over to God. He doesn't want us to do that. He doesn't want us to be able to completely give our whole self to the Lord. He really does not want to do that. And so, the question is, again, how much time do you spend on that phone? And then how much time do you spend in the Word? 
And I'm not talking about just any word. I'm talking about the word of God. How much time do you spend in prayer talking to God? And how much time do you spend on that phone talking on that phone? Now, I'm not saying that, you know, we can't talk on the phone and we can't, uh, you know, whatever and that kind of thing. But the question is, is so much time spent that God don't never get nothing but maybe about five minutes of your time in the day? And you wonder why you're a weak Christian? I'll tell you right now, that's the reason why. Because Satan has fooled you. And you're weak because you need that strength from God in prayer. You've got to pray in that Holy Ghost like it says. And build up your most holy faith praying in the Holy Ghost. And you've got to know your word. you got to know the word of God. And it is your word. God has given it to you uh, as you are a follower of the Lord Jesus Christ. He's given you the word. It's your sword. It's in your hand to do to fight the enemy. But how are you going to be able to use it if you don't know how to use it? If you don't know the word, you're not going to know how to use it against the enemy. Now, sometimes the enemy will come in the form of some people and they may say something to you. And if you don't know what the word of God says about whatever it is they're throwing at you, then you may be discouraged and thrown off and say, well, I guess this whole Christianity thing was nothing but just a bunch of nonsense. All because you just didn't know the word. And here's the deal. You may not understand all the word. It's certainly true of anybody that's new in the Lord. And you know, I've been uh, knowing the Lord since I was a little boy. And uh, like I said, I, I backslid until the Lord finally got a hold of me and shook me and said, you've got to get on and do what I've asked you to do. And I uh, certainly in the uh, deeply repentant and all of those things. But, uh, you know, we've, we've got to understand that when we're new in the Lord, even with me having known the Lord for so many years and studying the Word for so long, there are so many things I still learn. I still learn. And I listen sometimes to some preachers because preachers need to listen to preachers. And I listen to some preachers and I'm thinking, man, I have been listening to that scripture, reading it and study it and just never got it for so long. And then finally, bam, I finally got it. Y'all know what I mean? And so we've got to get in the Word. We've got to study the Word. And we've got to keep ourselves from sin. We've got to, and you say, well, now, you know, the Bible says that we've all sinned and come short of the glory of God. That is the absolute truth. You can't say you ain't got no sin in your life. That's true. But what we've got to do is we've got to stay away from sin. The Lord, he saved us from our sins, not in our sins. He saved us from our sins. God wants to help us. And God will give you the strength each and every day to walk with him. Because if we continue on in sin in our lives, an unrepentant sin, you know, we may slip and fall. I understand that. And you've got to repent and get back up. But if we continue and, and just this re repetitious thing with this, you know, same sin and over and over, not fully repentant, not completely turning it over to the Lord Jesus Christ. Don't you know the devil sees that? He sees it. He can't read your mind. But I'll tell you what, he sure can see our actions. Yes, he can. The devil can see what we do. He can see the things that we do. And then he's positioning himself because he's seeking whom he may devour. And he wants to take you out. He wants to take me out. He wants to look and see, what have you done with your day today? Have you spent time with the Lord? If he sees that you've spent very little time with the Lord, he knows that you could become very weak. He knows that if you don't get in the word, he's not foolish. 
He can't read your mind, but he can see your actions. He can see my actions. He can see what we do and what we don't do in order to strengthen ourselves spiritually. Are you around the people of God or do you just make up your mind and you say, well, I'm too busy to go to the house of God right now. You know, the Bible says, forsake not the assembling of yourselves together, such as the man or some is. So Satan can see our actions back and forth, what we're really doing. Are we really obeying that i mean i'm not talking about not being able to take time to have a little vacation or anything like that i understand that but uh, even so the lord shouldn't be dropped like a hot potato on our vacation y'all know what i mean doesn't mean you you go on vacation that means you can sin for a week or two or whatever that ain't what that mean uh, i mean we got to live for the lord with all of our heart no matter where we are when we are but you know the devil is going to look and he's going to watch that's what it means when it says he's seeking whom he may devour. He's looking to see what, do we have the armor on? Do we have all the armor on? Do we have that shield of faith out there? Uh, or, or do we have that sword? Do we know how to use that sword? Are we praying always, like it says? And, 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 and having on the helmet of salvation, are you allowing your mind to be filled with the, the, the word of God that tells you throughout the word that you're saved? If you put your faith in the Lord Jesus Christ and you have a mind to serve him and walk with him. And, and all of these things that we've read about the armor, it is imperative that we wear the whole armor. Righteousness, the breastplate of righteousness. Are we walking in a righteous manner? Are we living a righteous life? Because Satan is going to look to see, is there some way that I can get in? Is there some way that I can penetrate through here? Because if we don't have our armor on, and if we are not prayerful, if we're not going to get in the Word and allow the Lord to be the center of our lives, then the devil knows that there's a space and a place somewhere he can get in. And he will seek until he finds that area. But if we make our mind up that we're going to live for God and we're going to serve the Lord and we're going to do all those things that God has called. And listen, you're not going to know everything all at once when you first start serving the Lord. I don't want you to feel frustrated and say, oh my goodness, this is just too much. No, the Bible says here a little, there a little. We learn as we go from faith to faith and glory to glory. So be patient, but be patient in the Lord. And allow him to help you grow. I'm so glad that we've had this time together. And I hope that I have helped somebody. I just hope I really have helped somebody to uh, uh, be encouraged. And I, I just uh, pray that the Lord will help you through to be that servant that you need to be. So the devil cannot have you for dinner. No, we don't want that. We want you to be strong in the Lord. And in the power of his might. In Jesus name. Well, we'll see you again. We'll talk to you again. When I see you, I mean on the podcast, y'all. But uh, we'll be uh, talking at you again and with you and to you and for you uh, to encourage you and help you on our next podcast, which will be on Friday. And I just hope that you have a blessed week. And certainly I hope that you are uh, getting ready to enjoy these holiday times. Now, this podcast certainly has been longer than most. I understand that. But... Uh, it's just something that the Lord weighed on my heart, and I really am hoping that uh, we get a mind about this because the holidays, I'm going to say this in closing, the holidays can be something that can literally cause us to be less than sober. And I don't mean, I'm not talking about alcohol stuff, folks. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about us getting so busy that we stop praying, and we don't even realize we've done it. We get so busy and we say, well, I got this list to do and I got these things to do and I got to, and then you got all your regular things to do. And so 
you know, we've got to be really careful about not allowing the holidays to be a time that the enemy can watch and see if we're weak enough that he can take us down. And so I just want to help y'all because uh, I certainly uh, want to see all of y'all in heaven one day and we're shouting on the streets of glory and all of that. And uh, But we certainly uh, want to help all of those that you may be weak. Maybe, maybe you have been a weak Christian and you're thinking to yourself, well, I don't understand why I battle so much and why I struggle with this in my mind and that. And we're certainly going to talk a little bit more about this spiritual armor uh, another time too. But you've got to keep that armor on. You've got to keep a prayerful uh, vigilance about you uh, in order to be strong in the Lord. And you've got to get the word in there. And not only that, but fellowship is important. You've got to fellowship with the people of God. When the Lord said, forsake not the assembling of yourselves together, such as the manner of some is, it wasn't just uh, you know, a mandate to say, you know, you need to be together. No, it was because we gain strength and encouragement. And you say, well, I haven't found a place where I can go. Well, my question is, are you looking for a specific place that's going to allow you to be comfortable in your sin? Is that what you're looking for? Or are you looking for somewhere where they're going to tell you the truth? Because you've got to have on the breastplate of righteousness. You want a place that's going to teach you about how to live right. Not just living however the world lives and got one foot in the world and one foot trying to serve God in the church. That don't work. And the devil knows that don't work. He knows that that causes you to be a prey and he can take you down. And so I don't want that to happen to nobody. I want those who have come to know the Lord to learn to be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. And the Lord gives us everything that we need. And so without any further ado, and I certainly didn't mean to keep all y'all too long, but certainly long enough to get the word across. God bless you. May you have a wonderful, blessed evening. Amen.